back. Fantastic. <laughs> in the last couple of podcasts, we've started pushing into some new space. It's been good, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. And I've appreciated the fact that there's a, a dialogue between us and asking questions. Yeah. Because neither of us feel like we've got the answer. There, The answer in that sense doesn't exist. No. You know, and I think part of the, the whole podcasting for us has already been it's exploring these things, right? So yeah. I feel we've done a good job of exploring and three or four of these ones yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit too near the edge sometimes perhaps but <laughs> well yeah. That's, yeah so but, um but, but also referencing the bible to you know yeah. to keep a plumb line in there yeah. keep a measure on it and you know, so. so um we looked at the topic of a redemptive mindset and then we asked is it possible for someone to be a believer without being aware of it <laughs> the accidental believer. The accidental believer. Go listen to the podcast and you, you'll understand all about it. Um, today, we want to look at the, um, the whole area of the what we might call the unexpected voice of God. So, is it possible that the Creator God speaks to most human beings most of the time? To people of all religions and none? Through, for example, through dreams, conscience, ideas, through their friends, their family, their neighbours, perhaps through the news media, through politics, through culture and the arts. Is that even possible? And if it is, what might God be saying? And here's the kicker. What might be the consequences if they responded to him? Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Okay, that, that's easy. That's a, that was a good. That was a good podcast. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, Romans, Romans one is it? It talks about creation speaks to us, right? So, yeah. So the, the, God speaks to us through through His creation. Yep. So I, you know, there's all kinds of ways in which God can speak. But I think just to try and tie it back, so that we go, okay, not just yes, but oh well, how does that happen? Come. Mm where are we getting that idea from you know is yep. there is there a biblical plumb line for that and i think there's loads of biblical plumb lines for it i think yep. that's that's the the wonder of this particular aspect is that um so for instance joseph and pharaoh daniel and nebuchadnezzar you know so they have dreams and those kinds of things so that, i just think that, yeah yes yeah, it's, it's a it's an interesting way so to go. let's start off with then and, and just get some principles yeah. down here does god speak to unbelievers let's let's do the joseph and pharaoh one pharaoh is not what you call a believing uh um per figure in the bible the the the, 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 the that is the pharaoh when joseph comes yeah. to um egypt he he believes his own gods you know they worship the nile they worship osiris and isis and they got their, their own um uh, pantheon of gods joseph comes in he comes from a completely different culture and set of beliefs. And and yet the whole process that gets kicked off here happens when God gives Pharaoh a dream. Right. And the, the, the dream results in Joseph being called from prison to come and interpret mm -hmm. the dream. And then Pharaoh says, well, look, and anybody who's seen Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat or Prince of Egypt will know this. 
Pharaoh <laughs> says to Joseph, look, you're the guy with the know-how and the insight and understanding here. You're going to be essentially vice president or prime minister. Uh, you're second in command to me. You run the country. And later on, that process brings salvation to Egypt because Egypt is spared a famine. Yeah. And then the surrounding nations also get fed. And out of that process as well, we know there's this thing where the the, the future history of Israel emerge, at yeah. which comes Jesus and, yeah. the, and, and, and the gospel to the end of the earth and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, this is really key, but it happens about a, uh, through a dream that God gives to Pharaoh. Yeah. So God speaks to the inverted commas unbeliever. Believer. Yeah. Then Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. Daniel has a number of dreams that Daniel, sorry, Pharaoh, sorry, Nebuchadnezzar has a number of dreams that Daniel brings interpretation to. And in Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, um, not, not, not a dream, so he, he basically makes this decree that anybody who doesn't worship this idol or this statue gets thrown into a fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into a fire, and God delivers them, and because they become delivered, at the end of it, Nebuchadnezzar says everybody must worship mm. their God. Daniel, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God, and if they don't, their houses will be destroyed and they'll be cut into <laughs> tiny pieces. So he hasn't got the love and compassion angle yet. You know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's the journey. <laughs> yeah, he, he's heard the message but not got the fruit. <laughs> so, but what's interesting is the next chapter, Daniel 4, God speaks to Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. And that dream leads to an episode where he has a number of years where he seems to go mad and be driven out from human society. And God uses it to humble him and he comes back in and there's repentance. At the end of Nebuchadnezzar's, at uh, the chapter right. there, Nebuchadnezzar gives glory to the God of heaven. Yeah. So Nebuchadnezzar, through a dream and through the work that Daniel, um, the role that Daniel plays in there, brings salvation to Nebuchadnezzar and it seems to, to some kind of fruit and benefit to the whole of the empire through that. Mm. And then that's the end of Nebuchadnezzar's life because yeah. beyond that is Darius and Belshazzar and yeah. subsequent. Yeah. So in two cases there, God speaks to the unbeliever. Yeah. Now this is interesting because the way we do it in modern church, isn't it? If you're Joseph and you think, I want to, you know, we're here to bring the gospel to Egypt you know, we want you need to plant a church, so we'll plant a home church mm. in the prison here. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and then, you know, we have a little outbreak and revival happens in the prison. So maybe some guys who work at the palace also get there. So we start a Bible study in a and a little home yeah. church cell in the palace. And that eventually, you know, goes mm. sort of works its way up to Pharaoh. That's not what happens here. No. What happens is God speaks to Pharaoh and his people come along and they work with what God is saying mm. to the person. And that's how redemption work. works. Yeah. So, so we're saying, is there a biblical principle for this? Absolutely. Um, then there's the next one at this point. I, I know you want to come back on this, but just one more on this. When we hear the testimonies, when people talk about how God has worked in their lives, we, the, the they very rarely say <laughs> there was nothing going on. Suddenly God hit me with a bolt of lightning and now I'm following him. 
there's always a backstory. Mm. When I was a kid, I used to go to Sunday school. Oh, my mum, <laughs> someone prayed for me. Or, and so God was speaking in my life, and I walked away from God, and I went this way, and I ignored. There's a backstory, so that which tells us that before, long before people come to a decision, God is engaging with them, yeah. and they're listening to Him. So, <laughs> so, so we we see a God who speaks to the unbeliever all the time. So, yeah, absolutely, and and you know you the the whole aspect of um, of Joseph and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, sorry, Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar. You see, often we now want to look at and say, okay, the prophet will bring the word to the unbeliever, hmm. but. We, sh- I think, we should be praying that the unbeliever gets the word that calls the prophet to them. Yeah, as well. No, yeah. it's not one, one or other. Yeah, right. It's both and. Hmm. But what I'm saying is, I don't think we look for that enough. Hmm. And when somebody says, "I have a dream," hmm. or, "I don't know, I have this funny feeling about this," we should be looking for that to be god is mm. that god i not for it to be god but ask at least ask the question is that god i yeah. don't think we engage because we don't have that redemptive mindset because we see it as us and them they're in the this dark. person's unbeliever they don't come to church they, they can't the hear god they can't be they yeah. can't be trusted to hear god yeah. right yeah. um so i think that you know the first thing for me is the first principle if you like is that changing that mindset's important mm. So that when we are talking to people who don't yet know Jesus mm. in that personal way, that following way, that we are looking and asking, where where are you engaging with them, God? Mm. Rather than how do we engage with them? Yeah. Right? So often that's the way we are looking at it. How do I get an in mm. here? You know, how do I engage with this group, with yeah. this person, with mm. this situation or whatever rather than saying where is god engaging with it mm. that will give me a, a way in yeah. like what has god been doing Do here exactly it's got to be an assumption exactly and i just so though i think those are important things and, and just coming back to the you know the last the last podcast that that, that, that we did in terms of you know the, uh, the accidental christian um, <laughs> you know the whole idea when we were talking about cornelius mm. in that in that thing well does that happen today right so yes it does <laughs> so i have met muslims yeah who have almost had that identical situation the cornelius had, wow yeah. where they have said they've had a dream or and a lot lots of muslims get saved through dreams <laughs> they've had a dream where jesus visit them in the <laughs> night or you know about their family or about Mm. Very, it's just not exactly the same, but it's a similar kind of thing, you know. Mm. And I think a lot of that is because they are seeking God mm. in the midst of trying to walk out their Muslim faith. Mm. They are seeking God. Which they is are God seekers. Which is precisely what Cornelius is. Yeah, the Bible says he was doing. He was God fearing. He and his whole household. So he was talking to them. It wasn't his own. Just him yeah, on his own. Exactly. And, and he was giving to people's needs and he was caring about the community. But he did it within a, a mindset of Roman yeah. th- theology. Because that's what he knew. That's all he knew. And God speaks to him in the middle of it. In the middle of it. So one of the things I pray often, though, mm. for, for Muslims is, that, and particularly devout Muslims, mm. 
Because, you know, we have this idea, if they're devout, they're not going to be open. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, if they're devout, they're probably seeking God. Yeah, very good. Not all of them. Do I, you yeah. know, because some of them are like Pharisees. Do you know what I mean? It's just a similar kind of thing. Within religion and devoutness, if you like, mm. you get this kind of spectrum of people. Yeah, yeah. But there are certain, they're, they're, particularly pe- just ordinary people, they, they're trying their best to do what's right mm. because they're seeking Very God. Good. yeah. So my prayer now is, often, is, Lord, show me where you're at work in their life. Yeah, yeah. Where I can say to them, when you give to the poor, mm. that isn't just a religious duty. Mm. That is responding to the image of God within you. Very good. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a, just a, again, it's a different, it's a different mindset just yeah. to think that, you know, so, so I just think that we, we just got to be more open to that kind of thing. And I, you know, I, even as I'm talking now and speaking to myself, I really mm. need to get back to mm-hmm. some of this stuff, you know, so one of the things I often would pray in my devotionals, Lord, give me a word to carry for the day. Mm. And I'd find a word or a scripture or something would come into my mind. And then I would meditate on that through the day. Mm. And then when I met people, I'm looking for the opportunity. Is God saying this to them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then bringing that out, right? So so it's it's not one or other. It's both and in terms and of And it that. always depends on the presence of that person yeah. to give you the here and now wisdom as what to do in any circumstance. Exactly. Because you're saying, what are you doing here? And how do I work yeah. with you in what you are doing? Exactly. Not exactly. in it's not. Hey, I found something. Jesus, come and help us. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I've been working on this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Or Jesus, give me a word of knowledge. Yeah. And then you think that's yeah. the first thing. Time. No, no. Yeah. Jesus is going to give you a word of knowledge where yeah. He's already working exactly. with them often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we don't make that connection, we we're not always. But if we most often, if we don't yeah. make that connection, we lose the the flow. The power of the flow of it, yeah, if yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. It's like if you dishonor the past, if you don't honor what's gone before you, you mm. have to fight the same battles, right? So, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jesus already won a place in their lives normally if he's speaking to you mm. about them. Mm. You know, so I just think that, that that's just a, a, an, an important aspect to it. Yeah. The other, but you know, we, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar. Um, we talked about Pharaoh. You know, uh, but actually. And you, this is where you know this. It might get a bit hairy here, Ralph. Yeah. So, so that is when God is speaking to individuals, hmm. right? So in Acts two, they quote the prophetic word from Joe about hmm. when the Spirit comes, right? Right. So this is what it says. <clears throat> I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Mm. I will show the wonders in the heavens and upon the earth. Right. So, so here's a thought. I will pour out my spirit on all, all peoples. All flesh. Yeah. All flesh. Right. All flesh. Who does that exclude? So who does that exclude? Do you you mean so? So there's a sense in which the spirit has come now in the earth on all people. Now I, you know, we gotta be careful how far we take that, right? I'm not, but what I'm trying to say is, is that therefore why should we should not be um, surprised Hmm. that God is speaking to everyone? The way you phrased the question question at the beginning Hmm. was. Is God speaking 
to most people most of the time? Yeah, yeah. I would say yes, mm. because that's the promise. Our job is to recognize and discern. And to work with it. And work with yeah, it. Yeah, really good. So, you know, Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. That's and really I good. Only... So Jesus isn't coming along and innovating. No. He's coming along, see what the Father has been doing, exactly. to work with it. And then he models that for us. As, exactly. Oh, and you yeah. see, we, I think most of us, in our sub, at least in our subconscious, if not in our conscious, I think, well, yeah, but Jesus was Jesus. Therefore, he could do this because he was Jesus. No, he's on it. He limited himself to human form. That's the wonder of the divinity and the and and humanity. Mm. So, on the one hand, he's totally divine, right? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he's totally human as well. Mm. So he is. I believe he was restricted Mm -hmm. in how he could move with the spirit. Mm As a human is. Because otherwise he can't say, I've gone through everything that you've gone through. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not, I, I don't believe that's just about all the hardships we've gone through or whatever. That's about the limitations that humanity has upon itself yeah. because they are not God. That's good. Imitate, right? me, imitate me as I imitate it's Christ. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. so that for me is, is that Jesus, when he mm-hmm. says, I only do what the Father's do, I only yeah. say what the Father's saying, yeah. every day of his life, he is having to discern mm-hmm. what the Father is doing and yeah. what the Father is saying, and then do that and say that, those things. So we have that same ability to do that, because Jesus said, mm. you will do greater works than I've done. Yeah. Right? So, so it's like, so it's I, I, so yes, that's why I can say yes. Of course he is. Jesus is doing that. But also, there's another piece in this. I think that that we see, mm. and it's not just about salvation. I think it's about discipleship, right? As well, right? So when we are looking to disciple people, one I think we should be discipling people before they ever start following Jesus, mm-hmm. because that calls them. To a place of hunger as well, right? So let me give you an example. I, I I've got a study that I do with people on how do I handle my anger, mm. not manage it. How do I deal with it? There's only two ways mm. to deal with anger. Yeah. Right. Forgiveness or repentance. Right. So only two ways to do it. Um. You know, you're either forgiving somebody for what they've offended you on. Yeah. Or you're asking for repentance because you've <laughs> you've offended someone else. Right. Or you've got it wrong. So, so those are the only two ways. So I've got, I got a load of studies that I do out of the Bible, out of stories in the Bible, and I just talk about it being ancient literature. I don't, yeah. I don't talk about it being yeah, yeah, I just yeah. talk about it being ancient li- literature. And then I'll take them through, how do we do it, right? So I haven't, I haven't done this with anybody who's not a believer yet. That's Italian's comp- comment is a believer yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have come across as without believers <laughs> but where they get to a point where they go but how do you keep forgiving how do you how do you keep doing that how you know i i know i've got it i, I understand that but you know this person mm. keeps offending me in this mm. way they keep how do you keep forgiving mm. at that point i can say to them quite well i i i know a person who helps me to do that mm. but if i tell if i talk about that you just get angry I go through this story with, yeah, and they yeah. go, no, they want, yes, they want, no, they want. So then I say, well, it's Jesus. And they go, oh, I can't believe you're going to get all religion. See, I told you. That's exactly what I told you. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is this, is that 
they realize within themselves they have not got the ability to do that on their own. That's really good. So it makes them hungry. So as we disciple people, they realize they fall short of the glory of God. Now, actually, it is so much easier to get people to accept that when they come to it because of experience than me telling them they yeah. fall short of the yeah. glory of God all the That's time. That's very good. So let's, let me rehearse that. Actually, what you're doing is you're, you're causing these people to <clears throat> follow Jesus in, in that he says yeah. forgive. And yeah. so they, they start forgive. So they actually obey. And then it comes to what say, if I'm going to follow him, I can't do it on my own. I don't have a resource for that. Something's got to change. Yeah. I have a need. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, But what we're saying here is we're working with God in that raw space yeah. quite comfortably and safely and just waiting for him to put the pieces in place. Yeah. Um, that's really good. I, I, I just want to raise this idea about community. Is that... You know, we have this idea as Christians that we want to see the earth filled with the knowledge of goodness. By the way, we've got dogs outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm afraid we have to press through that to, to, um, uh, unless it becomes appallingly loud. But um, we have this idea that we want to fill the, the earth with the knowledge. We want to see the earth filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord mm -hmm. as the waters cover yeah. the sea. Heaven on earth. That's what Jesus prayed. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and we think, well, the way to do it is plant churches all over the world, which essentially a plant churches is communities of believers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What if we invert that and we say, well, hang on. I, I, I'm genuinely asking this as a question. Yeah, sure. Because if you think about it, well, hang on. The earth's already full of communities. You know, there's very few people who don't live in community, even though that's a horrible and appalling community. Mm. Very few people, I mean... If you're in solitary confinement in prison, if you're living on a desert out of, you know, yeah. or a desert island out of choice because you want to isolate yourself. But other than that, most people, even if they're inside a prison or they've got awful people at work and they haven't got any family, you know, but they, they're in a community of some kind hmm. or they're in good communities. Everybody on this planet almost is in a community. And we know that God is speaking to most people most of the time. <clears throat> Are we two thirds of the way there? Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I can. Yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. to think us the other way. If we think the other way around, because this is what Jesus said, isn't it? He said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that gets into a dough and it spreads to it fills the whole dough. He says, it's, it's like a mustard seed, which becomes, um, it's the smallest of seeds becomes a, a massive plant, that, you know. And so the small fills yeah, big. And we know people, you know, the earth is full of humans. Those humans are in communities. God is speaking to most of them most of the time. God has said he will pour his spirit on all flesh, non-exclusive. We know that Jesus died reconciling all things in heaven and on earth to himself. Yeah. Now that means there's reconciliation got to be worked out in those communities and redemption we worked out in those communities all kinds of work to be done but that's where we come in we come in to work with what he's doing in those communities yeah. recognize the word he has said to those communities so that those communities come into abundant life yeah. that he intends for them and and the fruit is manifest yeah we, we worked it backwards haven't we yeah I, well yeah, this is, comes that, is that false can we falsify that the, the, this is 
just to say up front, because I think some people will might start to shut off because they think, well, actually, I don't live in a community. I'm yeah. just lonely. Yeah. You know, and actually, you know, the World Health Organization reckons that the biggest killer is loneliness. Right. Which, yeah. which I understand, but this, in fact, believe it or not, strengthens the argument you're giving. Mm. Right. So, so because people do live within the possibilities of community. Very good. Right. That's really good. That's so, good. Um, yeah. uh, normally, I mean, there are there are there are occasions because of the way society works, but even that mm. is strengthens the argument to an extent, right? If so, there are really... potential communities that need to be redeemed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's so for me that that that's a, that's that strengthens the argument, really. Yeah. Right. But, um, but I just wanted to say that because I know, for me, even as you're talking, I'm, I've got that buzzing around in the back of my head, mm. you know. So it's like, well, this this product, let's get that on the table, yeah, yeah, so we can deal with it. Um, but you see, this is this is one of the reasons that I'm I'm so wedded. Yeah to the idea of doing evangelism differently. Yeah. And I'm using, I mean, you know, it's not just evangelism, but why I'm wedded to yeah. it more. Because what we normally do is we give a message, uh, you know, as I say, I'll do it again. We, we preach a message, we call for a decision, and then we bring them out of their community into our community. Yeah. So what you're, if you think about what you're actually doing there, you're separating them from their community. Yeah. And you're taking the redemptive leaven of the East yeah. out of the bread. Yeah. Which is their community. Yeah. So rather than it spreading through, now you just put it in a jar yeah. in your community and you mm. take a little bit out and you do it with a person yeah. and a person. But Jesus it. said this, didn't he? He yeah. said, who takes a lamp and hides it <laughs> under a basket? Exactly. You know, a city on its hill yeah. gives a lot of yeah. light. So don't isolate yeah. it. Don't separate, separate it. You are the salt and light. So the the idea that we talked about in terms of the Celts was, no, we go and live among. So we take the yeast or we take the light. Yeah. We take the yeast into the bread. So it spreads through the whole bread. Yeah. Or we take the light and we put it in the darkness to spread the yeah. light, yeah. right? Darkness cannot invade light. Yeah. Light always invades darkness. Yeah, yeah. No matter how dark it gets and how small the light is, it's still inv- light will still invade. Yeah, yeah. So so for me it's like yeah, this this is how we see communities come together, mm. right? This is how we should be if we want to plant churches, mm. let's plant churches that way. Don't pull people out. Yeah. empower them within yeah yeah that's that's the the way and what, what's interesting is, is i read a book a, a while back um like 20 years back on um what how christianity spread so quickly across mm. across the world mm. and you know one of the one of the main ways that 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 was when they when they looked at all the research yep was women who would be young girls who become christians mm. come to faith being married off to families wow. that yeah. weren't Christians. Yeah. Now, I'm not... Yeah, we're not selling that as an idea. I'm not selling that as an idea. And I, I'm yeah. certainly not saying that it's great for women to have been sold off. I, no, no, I'm, no, no, no. That, I'm, that is not what... I, but what I'm saying is how something can be redeemed that is basically evil, yeah, right? Because yeah. I would see that in, mm. that in that way. How it can be redeemed. Mm. But it makes sense of a lot of scriptures that don't make sense, mm. right? So, with women in Peter, he says, women 
Win your husband mm -hmm. by quietness and living out a godly life. Right. Right. So in other words, don't keep nagging them about the gospel. Mm -hmm. Don't keep, but live out your life. But it makes sense of those. It, it makes sense of those kinds of scriptures now. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. So he's, it's not a it's not a command to women everywhere to be quiet and not not yeah. not have a go at their husbands. Yeah. I mean, which is how we've in, interpreted that. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in some ways, it's how to subjugate women, right? Mm. The, the, I'm sorry, the church and men have used that that verse to do that lots yeah. and lots of times. Yeah. I I don't think Peter's talking to that. I think yeah. he's talking to this kind of situation yeah. where you find yourself in a home where you're not the main matriarch, yeah. probably, yeah. Um, and you. And you're trying to share your faith, but it's not really working. Yeah. So it's not what you say, it's who you are. Ah, exactly. Yeah, that's really good. So, that's really good. So, so look, we've got um, a few minutes left on this. I just wanted to... We, 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 we've, we've accepted that God speaks to the unbeliever, mm -hmm. and therefore he speaks to most people most of the time, um, and throughout all communities, and therefore we need a redemptive mindset. One of the things we can look at is how does God speak? And I think actually we may just touch on this now, just briefly, we'll come back to it. But you know, I thought there was, in, in the same way God is speaking to communities we thought were kind of separated from him, he's speaking through media we thought he had nothing to do with. Yeah. I remember back in the 80s and 90s, people used to say the song like Imagine by John Lennon. Right. Was a, like a kind of a, a demonic anthem, inverted commas. That's the kind of language you would hear in a church because you say it, it offers a kind of salvation without Jesus. Mm. But actually, is it possible it's talking to the very salvation that Jesus is wanting to bring in the earth and we are going to need him for it to be realized? But it's creating a hunger in our hearts that's going to drive us to him ultimately because yeah. we'll never see it happen unless he shows up. Mm. Is, is that a fair? Yes. <laughs> We did that one quickly, didn't we? But let's go back to the Christmas special. Yeah. The Christmas special, we looked at Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's a novel, yeah. a ghost story, yeah. ostensibly. But we go back and listen to the Christmas Carol, as, um, so the Christmas special we did in season one, if you've not heard it. But essentially, we just unpack there how a novel sets out how God works and creates redemption um, in, a, in a particularly dark situation. Yeah. But that's a book that speaks to many, many people and it creates a hunger in the heart mm. and it, it creates a transformation of behavior. So you see fruit mm. and you see compassion and a resonance with hope that, you know, there's a better thing than that. So it creates all those conditions, preconditions for people to say, well, what's the answer to this? How yeah. do we make this happen? Yeah. Essentially, it begs the message, doesn't it? Like we said, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's yeah. the fruit in the community that begs the message. Yeah. I, I, and I, here comes another one by heresies. Um, <laughs> you know, my belief is is that the spirit has been poured out on all flesh, right? So, in a sense, some of the things that the spirit brings, like a prophetic voice, mm -hmm. yeah. has been poured out on all flesh, not just on Christians, right? So, I think if you look at the creative and artist, artistic community you will often find that they are being prophetic to their generation that's really good so the the message is if you want to find out what's going to happen in society in 10 years time yeah. look at the artistic creative industries and find out mm. where they are what they're doing now i'm not saying those things are necessarily good mm. 
but it, it it will be a prophetic insight into what's happening where society is going mm. Mm. um and i think that's a god thing mm. Mm. i really do you know so i think that you know all kinds of media and and stuff actually you know uh, you know i often joke with some of my friends who are who, particularly christian friends who don't like kind of rock music or whatever mm. you know and they are often they don't, for some reason they nearly always quote acdc <laughs> and i said well acdc one of their songs is one of the most prophetic songs that i know mm. <laughs> they look at me like, like what i said we're on the highway to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want a more prophetic song than that, because you know I mean? yeah. it speaks to a certain, a certain type of people as well. So, but it, but I, I'm, and I'm in some ways I'm joking, but I'm not joking because yeah. there are things like that I think that we see, and therefore, um, you know, when when, when I talk uh, in one of the inspiration things, I, I talk about two friends of mine who are artists, mm. and they speak to me, and one of them is Annie mm. who who speaks for the voiceless, you know, mm. her art gives a voice to voiceless people. Mm. I can see that in the art that mm. she's doing. And there's something really wonderful yeah, yeah. about that. But, you know, it, it, God speaks to us more. Most of the time, God speaks to us in the way in which we receive things best. Yeah. And uh, as you look back over a lot of culture, which we yeah. thought was, you know, again, ho- horribly back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there was this idea of Christian music and christian movies and christian books and and then non-christian and th- that categorical uh separation is just i i find really unhelpful now as we go for example live aid yeah uh 1985 few people can dispute the um the importance of that con- compassion between nations so you know there was famine in ethiopia yeah. but what was the song the, the song wasn't help ethiopia mm. the song was feed the world yeah yeah. And it called to something bigger and deeper, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, it did. And, it did. But, but beyond that, you know, there's clear compassion and people getting behind that and using their resources to make that work. And it's kind of spawned all kinds of other, yeah. um, what's the word, um, initiatives subsequently. So this is a yeah. place where believers can come along yeah. and help people say, you know, you're, God's speaking to you and you're doing this. Yeah. He loves it. This is yeah. great. This is what you your best. Keep doing it. Yeah. Actually, you know, instead of condemning and yeah. throwing six words, not singing about Jesus. No, 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 no. You're being Jesus more than we are. Yeah. <laughs> Let you them know. know that it's Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, what, what, who, like, whose name is in the middle of that? Yeah, exactly. And and and, and, and I know, I, I know, I know what the arguments will be. It's yeah. you know, don't bother sending an email about the arguments yeah. for this because I've I've had these arguments yeah. with people already. But it's what I'm saying is is that if you've got a redemptive mindset, you can use that. To help bring them at that, mm, yeah, the person of Jesus into that. If you don't, then you just write it off yeah. and let it be what it is. Yeah, you know that. That's one of the reasons that I hate this whole thing. Um, some of the some of the the woke agenda. I know I might upset mm. some people here, but some of the woke agenda mm. seems to me to have no sense of that that there's any kind of repentance can happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. any sign of forgiveness or any sign of transformation. Yeah, yeah. I am. A white male, therefore, I will always be the problem. I will that that seems well. Hang on a minute, that I have a problem with that because i i follow I follow a God that says the total yeah. opposite to that. Yeah. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, no male or female. We're all one in exactly. Him. So, so you, it collapses. But also yeah. that when I do do something wrong, when I am part of the problem, I can repent hmm. that 
That means to change my mind, not just say sorry, but to change the way I am in order that I can become part of the solution, not just part of the problem. Very good. Yeah. But often I'm not allowed to do that. And yeah. I have this argument with my daughter often. You, but what you're telling me is that I can never be part of the solution. So therefore I will continue to be part of the problem then. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's a lack of... Yeah an ability or an allowance to be transformed so this is interesting jesus said you will know my followers by their fruit yeah so if you see someone who's responding to god and his fruit fine if the fruit is unforgiveness and, and no possibility of forgiveness yeah. no possibility of redemption this isn't jesus they're following no. something else is being followed exactly so and i'm, I'm not going to go at, at this because you know there are real I know there are real issues yeah. and the, these are real things and they, things have to be changed. But if you don't allow me to repent, receive forgiveness, mm. and you, you're not offering forgiveness and be transformed to something different, mm. we will always have the problems. I'm telling you now, what will happen is the oppressed will become the oppressor. Yeah, very good. Because actually, it's 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 really we've, we've a, used oppression to beat oppression. Yeah. Therefore, we've it, not moved on. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's just a different oppressor. Mm. I'm not interested in that. You know, I'm interested mm. in real equality. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, anyway, let's not get on that. that. That's probably a really good, yeah. po po we could have a really good podcast <laughs> on, on what yeah. is equality yeah. but or what is real equality. Yeah. But I just think that, that there's there's all of that going on around, it, around where we this, are. There's yeah. a fight for yeah, these yeah. things. There's a fight to have that redemptive mindset. And, you know, firstly, it has to be with those who really believe in redemption. Hmm. You know, but most of, not most, that's not true. A lot of people who say they follow Christ have no redemptive mindset at all. Yeah. And see, I think the very discussions we're having is saying we need to put our hands up as Christians because we've had a very unredemptive mindset. We've judged. Yeah, exactly. We've condemned. We've written off. Yeah. We've um, said... There is no hope for this. Yeah. It's non-Christian. And actually we're going, no, God's saying, no, you don't do that. No. This is what I'm doing. So we're saying, okay, right. And yeah. actually in the midst of that, that kind of religious behavior seems to be migrating from uh, what we've been involved in in the past yeah. into some sort of post-Christian yeah. expression, yeah. which is... Anyway, we'll come back to that one later. Just yeah. one last question to wrap this yeah. up. We've said that God does speak to the unbeliever all the time. He is speaking to communities all over the world. Here's a question. What happens if they respond positively? They'll find Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, from, and, and the wonder about that is yeah. that they will find Jesus in many diverse ways yeah. and they will live it out in many diverse yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. So their kindness will not necessarily look like my kindness. Mm. Their community will not look like my community. Yeah, yeah. You know, their their uh, um, their language for it will change as well. Yeah. But they will find the real Jesus. That that's if if as people start, he's here's here's always here's my um, my certainty, hmm. and I don't have many certainties, but yeah. here's one certainty: if you respond to Jesus, he will meet you. Yeah. You know. Fantastic. And on that point. We should call it a wrap. Yep. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Raul, we've been doing things that inspire us. So what's inspiring you at the moment? Well, movies. 
<laughs> but I mean, in a generic sense, I, one of the things in life I found as a helpful tool to um, manage my, um, you know, wh where my mind and heart and energy levels and motivation and inspiration and, and mental well-being and all those kinds of things, we've developed some tools over time. And one of them is understanding that if you watch a movie, it can be really helpful, not just because of the inspiration. So I, I, I rewatched Gladiator uh, in, in the past week and this did it for me. The key for me is this though, it allows you to step out of your story, the narrative of your life for an hour or two and see the world from an entirely different perspective. So by the time you come back to your life, you inhabit it with some, just me, a, a broader perspective, I mean, you know, a gladiator fighting in um, third century, second century Rome, um, and the things they're living and dying for back then allows you to come back to you know get a bit of context in your life when you're under the details of the emails and the calls and the <laughs> bills and the work things that are going to be done and whatever else it can become you know they call it the grind yeah yeah whereas a movie allows you just to step out of that right and you know we we can talk about movies and uh, yeah later on I'm sure we will but uh, sometimes if you're not doing well and and you're feeling down flat and depressed go and watch a film because it allows you to step out of that pressure and allows your spirit and mind to flow and engage with something else entirely which will inspire excellent <laughs> Ridiculous you are, like, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?